It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Podcast. A lot of action, a lot of exciting stuff. Announcements in the last week. We got the haters on the run, scurrying like rats. They're all going to be begging for mercy soon. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Joining me on my left, my co host, Corey Stockton, Reed Connell. In the back, man in the YouTube chat, of course, Connor Josh. And put your comments, questions in there. So, guys, this was a hell of an event. What do we have? Five out of nine subs? Five out of Ooh. nine, yep. They just keep getting better. Shout We're... out to Fat Tire with the sub bonus, right? Yeah, and I'm sure that, that drove a lot of the action. But, of course, the, the guys we have on who's number one, they're always hunting the sub, right? What was your favorite match? Reed? I mean, so many sick matches. Um, I mean, you know, you have to you have to shout out Mikey. But I, I think definitely, actually, my favorite match was the first one of, of the night, Ooh. to be honest, was that uh, Damian versus Louise. Both dudes went to battle. Louise looked great, even though he lost, uh, got the submission in. And uh, I thought Damian had my favorite submission of the night, man. That, that step back, back take was so slick. Yeah, you can't ask for anything better than that, right? It's like a back and forth battle. Louise comes out, he's beating up on Damian a little bit, hitting some nice takedowns, had, had Damian in trouble. And then Damian, you know, weathered the storm, come back at the submission right absolutely that was a, that was a sick one yeah. kicked it off like just how we ex- how we wanted it to you know all these matches pretty much except for maybe one or two were, were great every single time the, the athletes step up more and more and just put on a bigger and bigger show so this this thing's this trend's rolling bro it's, it's sick for yeah. sure for, for, for me it was the the Miki Galvao Andrew Tackett match all the way I mean we got to see really uh, on uh, against a who's number one veteran, what Mika Galvao is going to look like in the future, what to expect from him. Also, really impressed by by the heart that Andrew Takis showed. I mean, you know, Andrew was was mounted for a good portion of the match and was fighting for his life even in the last 10, 15 seconds of the match. So, great showing from both guys. Yeah, Andrew Takis a hell of a competitor too. I mean, we saw Mika the week before tear everybody up at. Uh... Nogi Pans, but I mean, this was a big state for him and Nogi. His cardio looked great. I mean, we got a lot of interesting stuff uh, from this going into the next one, too, because of course we got Mikey and Craig already announced in the next one. They went out and his submissions. Nogi Mikey's pretty interesting, right? He'll hook Mikey. <laughs> I think people are going to love this version of Mikey. Oh my gosh. Like, I, we just scratched the surface of He'll yeah. Hook Mikey. We just scratched the surface of who Nogi Mikey is. So I can't wait to see him up against these these big heavy hitters down the line. Uh, so many interesting matchups. Connor, before we get into uh, breaking down the action over the uh, week, Weekend. Roll call. Who's in the chat right now? Who we got in there? You know what? Oh, Steve stopped by, but he said he had to go. He has apparently a real job, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> and everyone else, it looks like Luis Quinones is actually in the chat. Shout out, Luis. Hey, your match was awesome, man. Uh, I'm going to be bothering the Michael Sears to have you back because we're always down for some more wrestling heavy uh, grappling. For sure, for sure. We could always use more pe- uh, exciting people in 145. It's great to have 10 planet people on. So, yeah, let's let's start. Uh, we already talked about this one a little bit. Let's, let, let's run through the whole card real quick. Damien versus Louise. This, w- this was an interesting one. This is the type of thing we like to put on the prelims, right? The free prelims. Up-and-comers, sort of unknown guys. Let people let them get out there. Let people get, get to know who they are. And, I mean, they did a great job of that one. I mean, Damien's got to be a big name after this. Yeah, and there was no feeling out period in this match, right? Uh, Luis Canonas went right after the takedown. And I think he shot for a takedown within the first five seconds of the match. So, talk about a way to get a match started right like and and he he was pouring the pressure on he was he was looking pretty dominant and then when when damien took control of the match damien took control he he backstepped to the legs and then like reed mentioned that backstep from side control to the back was super impressive i'm going to be studying that for the rest of the week 
Super slick. Yeah, man, this is a quintessential who's number one match. Louise looked great. He went out there, pushed the pace. Uh, Damien looked, looked a little on his heels, looked a little not knowing really what to do. Deer in headlights for, for a second there. Louise was putting the pace on him. Um, you know, things kind of uh, evened out toward, later towards the end of the match. And then, uh, and then Damien took control. But this is classic 10th Planet versus DDS rivalry. I'm sure we'll even see that one again down the line probably. But like you said, man, Louise looked great. He's, he's the type of guy we want on who's number one. Guys are going to get after it. I think the story for this one is uh, Damien's team has so much experience in this event i think he's heard from them like 15 minutes is a long time you got to really conserve your energy i think he he tried to just hang in there conserve his energy not not burn himself out and then he ended up the one with more energy in the end something interesting that damien was asking about in the uh post-fight interview he said like like a match with keith kikorian that'd be a hell of a one i said he's fought him like three times but it'd be great to run that on the show man we gotta have damien back on there he, he looked so great and uh, i thought he could have could have got that submission of the night you know who knows but um yeah let's get damien a match again for yeah, sure yeah and I, I do like the idea of having some new blood in the 145 division right it's a, it's a little bit thin right now so so seeing guys like damien guys like louise and uh keith krikorian would be would be a great addition to that keith krikorian adcc veteran yeah, yeah. So. we we gotta get uh we have all these submission bonuses we got, got we gotta get some sort of fight of the night or or match of the night or whatever we got to get somebody to sponsor something like that going forward that'd be great because I mean I think these guys would have won it for sure second match of the night Colabate showing up on the prelims again this kid is really something special wow. I mean Bird Wiltsey is no joke Bird Wiltsey was a blue belt nogi world champion he's a brown belt now Cole's 16 years old and he made it look easy out there I think this kid can hang with anybody around 145 155 right now no Cole is just that good and I, I really want to start seeing him you know I'm I'm sure it's hard to give a, a, a blue belt. A, a match against the top level black belt but I think he can hang up there and I really want to see that I think you know he keeps on proving to us what he can do not just at who's number one events especially at who's number one events but even at you know IBJJF opens and you know this tournament that tournament he he looks dominant in every single match he's in like you said, it's hard to get a super fight for a blue belt. Like like when Ty Rotolo was a blue belt, Nicky Rao was a blue belt. Nobody would have gave them a super fight, but they made their name at ADCC. Now people got no choice. Who knows? Maybe we see Colabate in this 155 division in September. We'll get on to September later. Is that something you guys would like to see? 100%, man. Cole is looking dominant. Um, I mean, this guy might be like greatest of all time when it's all said and done. You know, he's so, so young still. And to see the level of technique that he has when he goes out there uh, is just mind-blowing. Like you said, Bird World see, we all know the Daisy Fresh crew. Those guys are gay. Those guys are ready to throw down, have hard, grueling matches, and and Cole just took it to him, man. And and every single time we see Cole, you know, we've all been kind of following Cole since since he was a you know a, a young youngin, and just to see him kind of mature and grow year after year or match after match, um, you know, he's he's filling out, he's getting to be a, a big teenager, um, you know. So I, the sky is really the limit for him. There's so many big matches for for Cole coming down the line, and uh, man, this might have been one of his best performances of his entire career on uh, last Friday. I mean, another interesting one could be the winners of the two matches we just talked about, Colabate versus Damian Anderson. Wow, that is yeah. a good point. That's a good, that is an interesting one. That was actually thrown out by the YouTube chat just a second ago. They're, they're trying to match make for him. But I want to make something clear for the YouTube chat here because there was the question of, wait, putting a blue belt versus a black belt? When we're talking about Colabate... Belts don't matter. Yeah, we don't care at all. Don't this, talk this about it. Exactly. It's not going to help. is a brown belt. He's fighting Craig Jones in our main event this month. <laughs> so, I mean, what are they even talking about? Ma- yeah. Make no mistake, Cole is a high-level black belt. I, I think Nicky Raj is still a purple belt, right, technically. I mean, Nicky Raj just fought Yuri Samoa. So, I mean, uh, to act like there's any sort of uh, – we're not, we're not even paying attention to belts here. Third and final match of the prelims. Two more youngsters. 17-year-old Mika Galvao coming off of that uh, – Win at Brown Bud at Nogi Pans against 18-year-old Andrew Tackett. Tackett has looked phenomenal on who's number one before. He really looked great in his last prelim against Shani Adamarco. And, I mean, Mika made it look like easy work. What, he mounted him a couple times. He was fighting for the sub all the way to the end. I was super impressed with Mika. I mean, obviously, we've heard all the hype about him. We've heard he's like like this Superman coming out of Brazil. But he looked like it might be the real deal, huh? Yeah, and I said this actually yesterday on the Grappling Bolden podcast, but I, I was really impressed by every time I watch Mika, it looks like He's kind of a jujitsu iteration of Anderson Silva, right? Everything he does is just a perfectly timed counterattack. There, there's a little bit of you know forward motion, and, and he'll set some things up. But really where he shines is when he can make his opponent make a mistake. And then he just un- unloads a, a chain of attacks and an attack after attack until he gets where he wants. So it's, it's really impressive to watch that level of jujitsu sense and mat sense just kind of integrated in him. It's, it's clear he's not thinking about it. He's just doing it. 
Yeah, this is the the coming out party for Freeman Kale de Galvao there. Uh, you know, he's a huge name in Brazil already, um, but now the American fans have got a taste at just exactly how good this this guy is, Mika Galvao. Um, you know, really next level type of talent. We all know how good Andrew is, and I thought Andrew looked great in the yeah, match too. Absolutely. He pushed the pace, which is what we want. And if you if you're losing the match, this is a guy Andrew who never stopped pushing the pace to the very very end. He never stopped trying to win the match. So shout out to Andrew. He 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 definitely was a reason why the match was or he was a reason why the match was such a good match but but all Mika for sure and uh, and this guy has an, an, another guy with a super bright future I think this is his coming out party we're going to see him quite a bit probably uh, on these who's number one cards on these these big cards that we have coming up and and who knows this guy might be a, a superstar come this time this next year something you got to love about Mika is just a mission hunter right just like we saw Nogi Pans he's going out there he's tapping really good guys in one minute I mean even in the closing minute of this match he clearly had it in the bag he had the decision locked down no problem and he's still going for that arm lock and stuff he really he's like one of these dds guys it seems where it's like he wants to go out there and win by sub he just doesn't want to win by decision exactly you can't rest on your loyal laurels especially on such a big stage like who's number one we got so many eyes watching we got the biggest podcasters we got the biggest names in in the sport um right there watching along this 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 is a a huge huge stage and to just sit back and kind of rest on on oh i think i got this one on the bag you know that that's not going to cut it on the who's number one stage. So guys like Andrew, guys like Mika, who are out there pushing the pace, trying to get that submission out there to the very, very last second. This is exactly what we want. One thing to note too about Mika is he's still growing. Of course, he's still growing physically. He's only seventeen years old, <clears throat> but he's also still growing his his mental game and his technique. He was at the Gordon Ryan seminar the night before the event. Crazy, yeah, yeah, that's incredible. And, and asking questions, you know, making sure that he he picked up something, he came home with something. So. Mm-hmm. And like Mike said, I think he was disappointed that he didn't get the submission. You know, he was happy to, to be on the stage. He was happy to get the win. But he was a little disappointed not to get that dominant uh, finish, which is, is perfect. Connor, I'm sure the boys in the chat got a lot to say about this one. I'm sure they're doing some matchmaking. I imagine I know who they're saying. What, what, what do they have to say about this match? Everyone was super impressed with Mika. Uh, I think we're being echoed in the chat. Belts don't matter. And, and Mika, again, is just another example of that. You see him go through brown belt pans, and he should be. I mean, he can be going through black belt pans. He'll kill a lot of black belts. There's no black belts, There's no question. Yep. Uh, what, what are they saying there? Are they doing any matchmaking? Are they doing my job in there for, for me? Not yet. They are trying to get a who's number one legends card. So, like, maybe some of the old school guys. But that's for down the line, if, if that ever happens. Sounds like a bunch of white belts in the chat. Who's, yeah. asking, for, who's asking for the legends card? <laughs> Uh, it actually wasn't GS. GS is here just to show it, throw out for the roll call. Uh, I think it was a new guy. Yeah, it was a new guy. Give me one second. I'll find it. All right. Well, moving on to the main card, Oliver Taza versus Jonathan Alves. Big win for Oliver Taza. He had, he had a close call against Johnny Thomas last time he was on the card. Man, the the camera angles I saw of the second heel hook, I was cringing. I didn't want to watch it. I thought he was going to snap Jonathan's leg in half in that match. Brutal, brutal. Yeah, I mean, uh, this one probably had the most question marks kind of kind of going into this match, I feel like. A lot of people just didn't really understand, uh, know how this one was going to play out, including myself. We all knew that Jonathan has that positional dominance game. He's looked so good in the gi, uh, brown belt world champion, blue belt world champion. Um, and Taz, on the other hand, you know, Nogi specialist. How are these two, two worlds going to collide? And it was the Nogi specialist. It was the heel hooks that were the difference, of course, uh, for Taz. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I think we all speculated that the the no-gi versus lack of no-gi experience could play a role here. But given what we, we've seen from Jonathan Alves in the past, I didn't expect that to play as much of a role as I, I think it ended up playing. Um, Alves is typically such a good pressure passer. He, he did manage a pass against Taza, but he wasn't able to do much with it. Uh, but those those leg locks, I don't know how he kept how Jonathan kept his face so you know so solid. I mean, I, I was ready to tap for him. You gotta admire his stoicism. Yeah. I think going into this one too, like we had heard so much with Jessa and Cole in the past, like oh AOJ, they're IBJJF. You know, this is no gi these different rules or whatever, and they just showed up and just stunted on people anyway. So we sort of figured it would be the same thing, but it's like Taz was clearly just on another level with the leg, leg, leg game knowledge, right? Yeah, it didn't look like, you know, um, Jonathan was too well-versed in, in the escapes or there. I'm sure they, they drilled that a lot kind of going into the into the match, but, you know, uh, that type of stuff takes takes a long, long time, I think, you, especially those kind of minute details, those, those minute... Um, grip switches that that the dds are so good at and things like that so i think uh, jonathan's probably gonna have to go back and study a little bit more of those of those leg entanglement game games and and the defense to really kind of sure up that part of his game because because taza definitely exposed that hole in his game 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I think a big part of it too is that Jonathan, we know he's a great he's a great passer and he's a great top player. He let Taza come on top a little bit more than I expected him mm, to. Mm. Um, and most of Taza's leg lock setups that we've seen on both of his two number one matches and really a lot of a lot of his matches in general, most of his leg locks are set up from the top position. He really prefers a backstep style rather than like an underneath entry. So very surprised that that Jonathan was willing to concede top position. Uh, more than one occasion. Interesting. Big, big W for Taz. I think the DDS went four and zero on this one, right? The DDS is doing very well under our rules. I mean, these rules, these rules really. I mean, if you go out there and you attack, you're going after submissions. You're constantly attacking, just like Mikey. Mikey too is great under our, our rules. The rule of Tolos. I mean, that, the DDS type of guy is going to be great in it. So that uh, big momentum for Taz going out of this. Excited to see who he's got next. What was the next match on the card? Who, who do we go to after that? Patty, Patty uh, versus Jessa. Patty yep. versus Jessa rematch. Uh, Patty had beat Jessa when Jessa was like 16 or 14 or something when she was a blue belt. I mean, Jessa pretty basically did what we all thought she was going to do when we, when we made our predictions. I mean, there's basically a big three in this division, in my opinion, right? It's, it's Jessa, it's Grace, it's Maisa. Those, those That's the top three. And I mean, this is something we're going to talk about when we get to the September event. This woman's 115-pound, eight-girl eight bracket's going to be crazy. So I'm really looking forward to that. Jump in. Yeah, um, the the... the I was really impressed by just Jessa's ability to jump through that pass, right? She she passed directly into an arm bar, and then that was the end of it. But exactly like you said, Mike, it, it's the top three. And then there's really kind of like everybody else is – who knows where any of the rest of those maybe eight to ten girls land. Like it's anybody's ball game, I think, between uh, uh, Danielle Kelly, uh, Jesse Crane, right, um, uh, uh, Patty Fontes. Like there's – a, a number of girls in the rest of the division that are all vying for that, like, four and five spot. Man, every time you see Jessica compete, too, it's just nonstop submission attacks, right? Like, she's just going out there getting after her. This is what we need to grow jujitsu, right? We need people that are going sure. out there, getting after her, putting on exciting matches. And, I mean, Jessica is just the walking example of that. She's always attacking every time I see her compete. Yeah, especially this one. I think, you know, talking to Jess in the lead-up, you know, she was very motivated. Like you said, this was a, a match that she had lost uh, when she was a, a little bit younger, a blue belt, 16 years old. She's a little bit older now, hadn't faced Patty in a minute. Uh, so she really, really wanted to get that one back and really wanted to make sure it was a dominant submission victory. And uh, really from start to finish, this this match kind of was all Jessa. And not too often we see an, an armbar like this on the, on the Who's Number One stage quite like this, but that just goes to show uh, how dominant Jessa is and, and how good she's she's becoming, that she, you know, f a few years ago, Patty kind of, um, you know, took it to her, and now already she's just light years kind of ahead that that, that um, previous generation and, and is already looking towards girls like Grace and, and Misa and everything, so. Yeah, it looked great. I mean, uh, submission finish on a, a black belt and Ogie world champion, but this takes us to our fourth match of the night, right? Or our third match of the night. Uh Gabriel Almeida versus Nikki Ryan. We had heard, like, I did an interview with Gordon the day before, and he was saying, like, oh, you know, we got to get Nikki to look as good as he in, is in the room. Uh, they, I know Nikki wasn't happy with the P.J. Barch performance. I feel like uh, they're getting closer to there. He looked really dominant. He got some guard passes, got a couple back takes. I'm sure Nikki's not happy he didn't get the submission. But, I mean, uh, he bumped up in weight. He probably gave up a lot of size. And this was a dominant victory for him uh, against a great opponent in Gabriel Almeida. It was really cool to finally get to see this passing game we've heard so much about, right? Mm. Uh, the last couple of matches we've seen Nikki pull the guard and, and try and wrestle up and not really get to the top position, but uh, they keep everybody in the DDS squad keeps teasing Nikki's top game and how good of a passer he is. So it was really a pleasure to finally see it and to see his body lock passing style and the way that he used that to get to the back. Um, now, obviously, he didn't finish the back. That surprised me the most, I think, in this match because if we remember Nikki's uh, ADCC trials run in 2019, right? He finished like four or five, four or five of his opponents from the back. The only yeah. one he didn't finish from the back, he got a heel hook. Mm -hmm. um, so Gabriel made his defense was. You know, very impressive to say the least. Yeah, it really was. You know, I think you know Mike and I've been to the the training room there quite a bit, and they they spend a lot of time drilling there on the back and submitting guys from from the back and that situational sparring. Um, so to see Gabriel escape not only once but twice definitely was impressive. I'm sure frustrating for for Nikki, but I still don't think we've seen the best Nikki. Um, you know, the, the 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 best version of Nikki out there, which makes me excited. Still, you know, he's going out there against against um, high level black belt opponents, and he's beating them considerably but um you know 
I, I know, and I think a lot of those guys know, and I think a lot of people know that the ceiling for, for Nikki is still far, far away um, from, from what we've seen. So, so it just goes to show that the development we're going to see over these next couple matches, wherever Nikki um, decides to compete or, or however many he does for the rest of the year, we, we've still got a long way, I think, to see the best version of, of Nikki Ryan. And um, I'm ex- that makes me super excited. I mean, talk about a bright future for Jiu-Jitsu. Look at four of these winners that we talked about. Kolobate, 16. Mika Gavau, 17. Jessica, 19. Nikki Ryan, 19. And there's others out there that weren't crazy. on this card. Rotolo Brothers, some other other people. So, I mean, we there's some crazy good young people. Just imagine four or five years what the, ju- what the jiu-jitsu scene is going to be like. It's going to be just absolutely nuts. I can't wait to see these guys develop over the years. Uh, all right, let's get to it. I mean, there's, there's what's up, Connor? The YouTube chat is finally – they're doing your job for you. <laughs> I wanted to throw these out because you had asked earlier. All right. They want the Mikael versus Nikki Ryan match. I've That's, heard that a million times online for sure. Absolutely. And – they want to see us run it back, or actually do it this time, the Grace Gundrum versus Jessica match. They could, everyone wants to see that. Luis Quinones thinks it'll break the internet. So I mean, I'm sure that, that match is probably destined to happen in September. We'll get to the September uh, event later on. But all right, let's do it. we got, we got to talk about this match. I mean, there's not much we can say that hasn't been said online. The fans went crazy. I mean, I think first and foremost, I need to take uh, responsibility as a matchmaker. I should have known going into it. With these two guys' styles, they might cancel each other out, and it might turn into a wrestling match. In my opinion, not to trash the ref. In our rules, I think there should have been some stalling calls. I think if you're on the feet at our event, you got to be working for a takedown, not like, like just circling and clubbing is is stalling under our rules. I would like to see some stalling calls. I mean, I, a lot of people called for a double DQ. I said that the other day, but maybe even if there was just one stalling call, it would have got these guys to get going. But it's like this This is what we're trying uh, to, to avoid. The well, I'm talking about Hanger versus Wagner. Right? Yeah. I haven't said yeah. it this is what we're trying to avoid on the event. Not trying to trash these guys. We just got to, uh, with our rules and with our matchmaking going forward, do something to avoid this. But, yeah, I don't think anybody was happy with it. Yeah, you have two high level. Listen, nobody, you know, they're uh, not happy with it either. Yeah, no, of course. No. Wagner and and Josh, uh, you know, their credentials speak for themselves. These guys are, are elite grapplers in in jujitsu. They've been around for a very long time. They have some, uh, you know, credentials that that uh, are just impossible. You know, these guys are are, are legends. They're on their way to being um, legends anyway. And uh, you know, but sometimes this happens when you when you pit two guys close close in the skill level. They have kind of similar styles. Of course, uh, this type of thing might happen. But I think like my. Like said, we, we you know we're, we're learning, uh, of course, as we go here, and um, you know it's our job as well. I think to, to push the pace uh, and, and, to, and to hit him with stall callings. It definitely deserved um, some some stalling calls in there. You know, especially on, on a wrestling match. If that were a wrestling match, there would have been like five hundred stalling oh, yeah, calls. Yeah, like in, in a wrestling match, your hand fighting has to be offensive. You have to be constantly working on the offense. You can't. Yeah. You haven't I mean, taken that, a shot in 15 seconds, you're stalling. Yeah, that, that, that's the way I look at it with, with the wrestling on the feet in, in, in our matches, too. You have to be constantly working for it towards a takedown. Otherwise, I want to see the ref start hitting people. I yeah. mean, it's just something we got to work on in the future. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I really think, like, you know, we're sitting there. I had, when I'm sitting there, CP over my shoulder for wrestling. And it, as, a, as a wrestling expert, having him say, like, this is impossible to watch, that's an indicator that the wrestling that's happening isn't actually wrestling, right? It's it's the wrestling we've come to expect from, you know, some maybe jujitsu events. But I, I think that especially in our rule set, we have to find ways to do away with that. A lot of that is aggressive stalling, stalling calls, right? That's what the fans want, obviously. And that's that's what who's number one should yeah. be is what the, what the, the fans want. The fans want exciting jujitsu, and that's what who's number one is here to deliver exciting jujitsu at all costs. Whether it means double DQ, whether it means hurting someone's feelings, that's the that is the route we are on to make jujitsu the most jujitsu the most exciting sport that we all know it could possibly be. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes we have a little hiccups, but uh, just a little blip in the road. I think we, we all learned something about it, and, and we're moving forward. Um, but uh, yeah, you know. It was it wasn't the match that we had all hoped hoped it would be. I would say. Yeah, if this show was Saturday morning, I'd probably be a little bit more fired up. But I honestly feel a little bit bad for the guys at this point. I mean, they, they really got piled on online, and I don't. Let's just let's just move on from that match. It's our fault. We got to make sure that doesn't happen again in the future. Uh, we're on to the co-main event. <laughs> this is something I think people are going to be really excited about. Mikey Musumeci, uh What what this was like his fourth match at Nogi since he got a black belt. Uh, went out there and showed a great leg lock game. Tapped Lucas Pinedo, Nogi Pan Champ, uh, Black Belt in 2020, in under two minutes with a heel hook. Uh, what do you, Corey, first off, you, you know a lot of heel hook stuff. What do you think about Mikey's heel hook game? So what Mikey did was really smart because he 
he stole kind of from the the K guard game, the Matrix back game, back take game that he uses, and just implemented that very Lachlan Giles esque, right, with the the shallow K guard uh, into the like into the fifty fifty slash out, uh, outside Sakaku. And, you know, he tried the heel hook once there. He tried the same setup. But what I really like about the way Mikey's approaching this is he's taking the back take game that he already knows so well and just transitioning that into a leg attack game. So it's really, uh, it's seamless. And he, he said he was studying with Jason Rao. That's that's a guy you want to work with if you're trying to develop your, legs lock, your leg locks quickly. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that. I didn't know that, that he'd been working with, with Jason. I wonder if it was just kind of like all over um, over the internet and over, over Skype and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Jason, well known as a uh, one of the best leg lockers on the DDS team. Um, very, very well-renowned in the leg lock game. But I, this is just insanely impressive. I think we have to put this a little bit into perspective. Like, Mikey hasn't, hadn't tra- trained heel hooks ever before. This is his first every hook. Yeah. Never hit he literally has never drilled heel hooks. This is, this is a guy who drills 12 hours a day. This guy drills every single day, 10 hours a day, and he had never really jumped into the heel hook to the leg lock world. Why would he? He's trying to become an IBJJF world champion where that stuff is illegal, so he never even wasted his time on it. Fast forward one month later, and the guy is an expert in these positions. It is absolutely mind-blowing that he can go out there and hit a technique that he'd never learned before, never drilled before, never hit in competition before, and then literally four weeks after he started started drilling these things, he goes out there and hits it on the number one ranked person in his weight class. Absolutely mind-blowing. Um, the things that Mikey Musumishi can do, the dude's a super superhero. I, I can't wait I to know. see the future. I mean, Mikey's such a psychopath. He came off the mat, and the first thing he wanted to do was go drill. He's like, oh, I screwed some stuff up. I want to go drill. If you guys haven't been following our interviews with him, he said he's training 12 hours a day, no geese, obsessed with heel hooks. We got a whole new Mikey in the game right now. We got Nogi Mikey coming. And I mean, we're going to get to this in a minute when we go on to our next car, but this makes his match versus Juni super fun. But let's go. Let's, uh, if you got anything to say about Mikey before we move on. Yeah, I want to put this into perspective real quick because um, uh, Lucas Pinheiro, uh, Joel Miao tried that same setup. Mm. Maybe a dozen times in ten minutes on no Pinero didn't get it. Whoa. Uh Junior Casio couldn't really get I mean, he was looking for a lot of different leg entanglement setups, but he couldn't get very close to Lucas. Mikey, second try, hits it, first try, get close. Wow, I didn't I didn't realize that. That is that makes it even more impressive. All right, on to the main event. These guys really picked it picked up the slack after we had that, that yeah. fifteen minute match that everybody was was upset about and then what? Our, our co-main and our main were like under three minutes combined. I think Craig might have been like 45 seconds or something. Less Craig went out there on pa- against Panza on like a week notice. Gets the tap in under a minute. I mean, I, Panza hasn't competed too much. I don't, I don't think people are too surprised by uh, this result. But, I mean, Craig is going to be hard to beat in our rules. I mean, this is a guy that's always attacking. Uh, you're not going to be able to run from him for 15 minutes. And Craig, something that I really admire about Craig's game is how efficient his leg attacks are. Like, you see a lot of guys get to the heel and then not finish it. It seems like, to me, it feels like 100% of the time that Craig gets there, he's going to break your leg or you're going to tap. Uh, uh, Chase, when when Chase did a fix my game with Craig, he was remarking at how sticky Craig is. Mm. It's apparent, right? Uh, When Craig gets hold of something, he he hangs onto it. And it doesn't matter that that, uh, Luis Panza is 30 pounds heavier than him. It doesn't matter how scrambly you are. If you're Roberto or Ronaldo and you're you're fast and you're agile or you're heavy like Luis, if Craig gets a hold of you, you're stuck. There's been a couple a couple matches earlier, maybe like 2018, kind of 2017, um, where I feel like Craig got burned a couple times, you know, where he had those matches where where guys just kept running away from him. Guys would, you know, he would get into some leg entanglement positions and they would high step and just kind of run run out the gate and run out the uh, off the mat, you know. So I think he got really frustrated with with that and and made sure that he could sure up that hole. That if if he were to get a hold of somebody's leg. Uh, no matter what, he's going to finish them. And, uh, you know, he, he's the proof is in the pudding. He goes out there. He did the same thing to Ronaldo pretty quickly. He did the same thing here to Ponza pretty quickly. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if anybody can push this guy past the kind of three, four-minute mark um, you know, where, where obviously that in the very beginning, Craig is so, so dangerous. We haven't seen him in the later minutes on who's number one. So I'm curious to see what Craig will look like in, in the 13th minute, 14th minute, you know, uh, in the future. But right now, man, just to, just making it, it out of 60 seconds with Craig Jones is an accomplishment. What's the longest he's gone? Was it, uh, it, was, it has to be Ronaldo, Ronaldo right? Ronaldo. How long was that? Shy of five minutes. I think it was 427. So he hasn't even gone to like the first yeah. judge's favorite yet. Yeah, right. wow, wow. Well, you know, one thing that, that strikes me about watching Craig perform too, over and over again, is uh, I can't remember which uh, 
which Gordon Ryan match it was, but Gordon said, you know, a couple months ago, I can't even do my new stuff on these guys because I'm so, I'm so, uh, I, I don't get past like my 2017 shit, right? <laughs> I feel like we're, we're experiencing the same thing with Craig. We're like, we really don't see what, what does he do when leg lock fails? Cause nobody has made his leg lock atta- attacks fail yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, he, he keeps on talking about his Darce game and we know he's got a great triangle. I would love to see some of that, but I know he was, meantime, he, he was talking about Darces. I was like, what? You can do those too. Yeah. I was like, dang, we'll talk about that later. When we get to him versus Ty. He said he's going to Darce Ty, but okay, let's move on. We got a lot to talk about the big, the big announcement last great week, card, right? though. Crazy card. I think yeah. our best one yet. I mean, yeah. five out of nine submissions can't beat that. And uh, three of the other matches were really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big announcement last week, September 25th, 26th, WNO Championships, two-day tournament here in Austin, five different divisions, right? Quarter million dollars going out, five belts. We're going to crown our first five champions. Don't worry, people complaining. Like, there's like, how come the women's cutoff is 115 and heavy? The other belt, the other division are going to get champs, too. They're going to get their time soon. But you may ask yourself, why are we spending a quarter million dollars on a jiu-jitsu tournament? I'll tell you why right now. Our CEO, Mark Floriani, doesn't give a fuck. He's just throwing money around. We're going to invest back into the community. And let me tell you something. This is a drop in the bucket compared to the other money we invest in the community. We're, we're giving back. We're paying these athletes a whole bunch of money here. 30000 for first place, 15000 for second place, 7500 for third place, eight-person brackets, five divisions. There's going to be double elimination, wrestlebacks. If you grew up wrestling, you know, you know the idea. So if you get a bad draw first round, you can still, re- you can still fight your way back to third. It's going to be a two-day event, four sessions. I am super excited for this. I, this, is, this is going to take who's number one to the next level. What are you guys thinking about this thing? I love love it. Obviously, really, really looking forward to it. So many opportunities here. Uh, we've been building up who's number one. I have to imagine we're going to see a lot of these who's number one veterans out there in September as well. Um, you know, this, this is this is big. This is huge for, for, for what we're trying to do and, and who's number one. I think crowning the champions is the next step. Yeah, put the strap on some of them. Exactly, exactly. And have them defend it in 2022. Uh, this is going to be a huge, huge, huge deal for who's number one going forward. Uh, really, really looking forward to it, man. And you know what I'm, I am super excited about actually is these wrestlebacks. Is this double elimination? It means for more exciting matches. It means it means you can come back if you lose. You can come back and still get that third place. You still get come away with some money. Try to get some submissions, bonuses, that type of thing. First and foremost, with the invites, I, I got anxiety like never in my life on Saturday. It's no exaggeration. I was getting messages every thirty seconds. So a lot of people just being like, "Oh, this is taking things to the next level." This and that, but a lot of athletes. I mean, people I never heard of trying to get in. These, this is going to be who we, who we have to go with, right? We got to go with the people who helped us build this thing, the people who've been have been here doing these matches over the last year during COVID, and also people that are exciting. I mean, we like we always say, who's number one is about entertainment. We want to have an exciting tournament. We don't want to have somebody there that's going to stall their way through and, and and win the tournament. We want to we want this to go out there and be the most fun thing that people can watch. Just like when uh, Danner was on Rogan, and they're like, you can watch this event. And you could have somebody who doesn't do jujitsu watch and they'll enjoy it. We we need people that are going to be like that going forward. And we need people. We got to we got to stay loyal to the people who've been on these cards so far. To wear the who's number one strap means you are the most exciting grappler in that division. You're the most exciting 205 pound grappler. You're the most exciting 185 pound grappler. That's that's what this who's number one strap means. That you stand atop everybody else when it comes to entertainment excitement. Uh, that's what it means. I mean, I wonder if we're gonna have to get different size belts. Because can we put the same size belt on Maisa Bastos as, as that you would put on a Gordon Ryan? I think it would be funny if you tried. I think we should definitely go that route yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, listen, first off, I'm going to kick it around. Everybody, what, what's your favorite division here? Women's 115, women's heavyweight. We've been building these divisions up a lot over the last year. Men's 155, lightweight. So, obviously, we'll have probably some lighter guys. We're not going to reveal anybody yet. But probably some lighter guys will bump up and do that. 185 is super exciting. Tons of names there. Uh, heavyweight, without revealing anybody that's going to be in there. We haven't even finalized the divisions yet. Going into it, what do you think is going to be the most fun division to watch at this tournament? Man, I, I love the the women's strawweight division, the 115, but I think my favorite division, and my favorite potential division, given all the names we've looked at, all the people we've considered, is 155. Really? Uh, yeah, we're, right. we're, we're, we're going to talk about you know some, some 155 guys later on. Uh, but there, there's there's a lot of like storylines in, the, in these divisions, right? I mean, when you talk about um, just some some guys that have been on, like uh, guys like Cade, guys like Kennedy. Um, there are so many people in that division that have rivalries that ha- you know matches that have never happened, matches that have happened a hundred times. I think we can talk about guys from lighter weight classes uh, potentially stepping up. Like there, there's a lot of uh, interesting matches, and we don't have answers to a lot of these matches. Yeah, whatever whatever weight class the Rotolo brothers go is is 
the most is the most exciting <laughs> one. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, obviously, 155 is a big one. I, I mean, I, I thought Corey was going to talk about 115 here. I'll talk about that one just because I think you know they have been a, the 115 women's division has been a big part of the de- development here of who's number one. Pretty much every who's number one card we've had, we've had a 115 pound um, women's match on it, and every single time the matches have have delivered. Um, I think all these girls we're gonna have you know it's an eight man eight person bracket, uh, so I think you're gonna have eight girls. All eight of them probably could win the um the the tournament you know so um i I love that 115 pound division it's it's surging right now with with new talent young girls in there um who knows we could see somebody one of these young up-and-comers upset a misa or a grace who who knows that's how close i think all these girls really are so Uh, that bracket is going to be so legit like that's why we made the call to make the cutoff there because like we've had so many of these girls uh that are 115 where if it was a higher they'd be sort of unfair to them and they've been so they've been so excited they've earned their own division they really have like like if you saw these girls even at nogi pans in that division with jessica and Maisa and all of them like that that division was crazy it was probably the best division in Ogi Pans like this is probably the, the most action-packed division in the sport right now so we had to do women's 115 if we're doing two divisions here and I mean yeah. that one's just going to be I think non-stop it might be a submission every single match the wrestlebacks are going to be crazy uh, I'm really excited to put that one one together and some of, the, some of these girls have kind of been on the outside looking in for, for ADCC and right. things like that you know a lot of a lot of times um, they don't go go so far down to that 115 so these girls deserve to be thrown a bone absolutely I, I can't wait to find Finalize these divisions. We're going to meet about this week and then start start rolling them out over the summer. I think I'm looking forward to 185 just because we don't know who we're going to put in there, but there's so many potential up and comers that could be included. You got guys like Roberto, Wiltsy, Mika Gaval, Tyro Atola, mm. William mm. Tag. There's so many exciting wow. up and comers that could be included in, in this bracket going forward for the future. I mean, this could this could be a division that basically is all of the people who are going to be the future of jiu-jitsu for the next 10 years, in my opinion. We might have to cap the age at, like, 20. <laughs> just, like, all younger guys. Uh, Connor, what are they saying in the chat? They got any, any uh, opinions on this event? What are they thinking? What's their reaction? Absolutely. They're really excited for, again, 115 women's and 155-pound men's, but I think we're kind of sleeping on the women's heavyweight because we're going to have potentially, ideally, in, in, a, in a perfect world, Rafael Iguera's, uh Elizabeth Clay, Gabby Garcia, Nacieli Day, Jesus, like, come on. Those are the ones that uh, I want to see just as far as a spectacle. Who can take out Gabby? Who can earn that number one spot, like, officially? Super exciting. Women's heavy, of course, going to be fun. If you watch Nogi Pans, Elizabeth Clay went out there and, what, tapped, like, five, six, seven people. She tapped everybody she went against. She's that so one. good. Rafaela just been killing everybody. Men's heavyweight's interesting, too. I mean, I'm still holding out hope that Gordon Ryan gets his stomach fixed in time for this thing. Cause, Whoa. Whoa. I mean, uh, It'd be nice to have Gordon back for this thing, but I mean, we got a plan on going forward without him, unfortunately, right now. So it's gonna this story, so, sort of the story about this division would be who steps in and takes over that heavyweight division with Gordon out, right? I mean, true. I have a feeling that a lot of these guys are gonna be jumping at that opportunity, mm-hmm. especially with, with with Gordon out. You know, um, you know, of course, the heavy hitters of the sport, guys like Cyborg and guys like Victor Hugo, and and um, you know, who who knows, maybe even like a Luis Panza and, and stuff like that. You know, these are these are the biggest dudes, the the most exciting guys. Look great getting off the bus. Uh, who's gonna step up and fill Gordon Ryan's shoes? We need somebody. We need somebody. You know, Gordon leaving his big shoes to fill. We need somebody from this heavyweight division to kind of uh, step in there and. and push this sport forward like Gordon was doing. Sure, that, that division is absolutely in flux right now because for the last three years, right, maybe longer, we've known exactly who the number one guy in that division is. Now it's anybody's it's anybody's game, so it, it's going to be really interesting to see who steps up and, and takes control or how much of a kind of power struggle there is for the number one spot in that division for a little while, and it could, it could probably will transcend well past September. Yeah, so this is really exciting news to drop. We've been working on this for a while, but it was it was it was exciting to get it out there. Five divisions is going to crown five champions. If you're in another weight class, don't worry. We're going to get to those ones later. But this, this particular tournament, over fifty thousand dollars going to first, second, and third. It's going to be uh, four sessions over two days, I believe. Saturday morning will be the first round. Saturday night will be the semifinals. Sunday morning will be the consolations and the third place matches. And then Sunday night will be uh, the main event, you know, all the finals going through. So, I mean, this is going to be four sessions, a lot of great jujitsu. I really can't wait to look. I'm really looking forward to this thing. But we got even more stuff to drop, even more stuff to talk about. We're, le- we're a little bit over two weeks from the next event from who's number one, Craig Jones versus Tyro Toa. Obviously, running back the match that. We had to cancel a little while back between Craig, which we'll get to that in a minute. Super excited about that match. But we're going to do a, uh, an announcement today, right, Connor? Which announcement are we doing right now? We're doing one for the next June 18th Who's Number One card. It's a super exciting match. I can, I can drop it if you want. Drop it. I, go for it. All right. Drum we, roll. Hell yeah. 
We are doing Cade Ruotolo versus Cole Franson. June 18th, it will uh, be on the main card, uh, but this is a super exciting one, especially seeing how Cade just showed out against Ethan Krellenston. Man, I'm, I'm hyped. All right, some of you guys may be thinking this is sort of like a random matchup. Uh, Franson hasn't been too active lately. You're right. But we ran out of options. Cade Rotolo is one of those guys. The Rotolo brothers are getting in this situation where not a lot of people want, want to run it with them. People know that these guys, they, their cardio is crazy. They're always attacking, going for submissions. And I, uh, there were some big names that didn't want this match. I mean, we wanted to do Kennedy. Kennedy had a little injury thing going on. This That one will happen eventually. I imagine they'll both be in the September bracket. It would only make sense. But Cade Rotolo, I mean, the Rotolo brothers in general, I think most people are scared of them, especially under these rules where you're going to have to deal with them. those attacks for 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm definitely afraid of them. I wouldn't want to fight them, so I, I get it. But, um, you know, I mean, you know, these guys, uh, the Rotolo brothers right now, some of the best in the world. Uh, so if you're trying to be the best in the world, you got to test yourself against these guys. Love the Cole. He's stepping up. Uh, I've been I've been high on Cole for a while here. I, I was always watching Cole as a purple belt, as a brown belt. I remember as a brown belt, he was, he was smoking dudes uh, on the IBJJF circuit. Uh, he, did, he had a really great showing at the ADCC East Coast Trials uh, a few years ago as well. I believe he even made it further into the competition than the Rotolo did um, that time around um, but uh, Cole's, been, Cole's been out there man he's a, he's a west coast guy he's, he's from California I believe the kind of like Fresno-ish area uh, trains up there for a lot of a lot of good talent coming out of that area um, so let me see he just told me his uh, training location so let me try and find this thing. yeah I, th- I think he's somewhere around there if I remember it correctly but uh, Cole- Ting- Tinguina is the team let me find the uh Exactly where that is. Here's a reminder about uh, about Cole Francis too. He he's the number number five, I think, ranked uh, ranked lightweight. So one one fifty five. I think he's going to slide a little bit when I update the rankings tonight, just because he wasn't in no bands. I mean, but he's, he's in the top yeah, ten. Yeah, he's going to be in the top ten. Fairfax, California. Uh, not quite sure where that is, but I mean, he has a, a Nogi win over Kennedy, I believe, right. mm. from a, from a tournament like a year and a half ago. So this is a legit matchup. These guys are meeting at a catch weight. Normally, Cole would be another one fifty five er, but I mean, we sort of came out of nowhere to him with it. He he's like, hey, I can't get down to fifty five right now. They're going to meet at 165 going forward we're not going to after this match after this event uh craig and uh this match have catch weights after this no more catch weights you got to do a division there's no more 172 point whatever 188 like we did last time everybody's going to have to pick a division if you can't make 170 you're going 185 but this one's a catch weight 165 everybody's got to be excited just to see Cade Rotolo go out there his last match against Ethan was one of the most exciting things I've ever seen in my life, right? Hands down. Best who's number one match I've ever seen. Uh, both those guys put on a hell of a show, but Cade came out on top. Electric performance. Yeah, in, in case in case you're forgetting that match, I just like that that for me was not only the submission of the year front runner for sure, also the match of the year front runner for sure. The, the match was back and forth, but Cade had that nasty arm bar in the beginning, and then that Darce is like nothing I've ever seen. I've never seen Matt's side a submission that made my stomach churn so much, just seeing how <laughs> deep it was and, and knowing that Ethan had nowhere to go. Yeah, these guys are made for the who's number one stage, uh, Ty and Cade Rotolo. You know, it's it's been a lot about Ty recently. He had a great performance at ADCC and everything like that. So really excited to see Cade, you know, who's just as good, you know, get, getting that shine as well because, uh, man, both these guys are just going to be superstars in this sport for many years to come. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just excited to watch Cade go against anybody. I'd exactly. I'd watch him go against Corey. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, – this is only one out of ten matches on the card. We've only announced like half of maybe a little bit over half of them. Let's start at the main event and work our way down. Craig Jones versus Tyro Otolo. This is one that I think benefited from getting canceled because this is we were going to do it uh, a couple months ago or whatever, a couple cards ago. Uh, we, when we announced, a lot of people didn't realize how big Ty is now. He weighed mm-hmm. at 183.5. He went out and he beat William Tackett pretty diamondly. He didn't get the submission, but it was pretty decisive. Then Craig goes out and gets a 45-second submission. I mean, these guys are coming in with some some momentum. So far in their performances on who's number one, I think Craig's 3-0, Ty's 3-0 or 4-0. These guys have looked unbeatable under the, this rule set. These are two guys who don't stop attacking. This is guaranteed to be an exciting match. I, I think this match is way more legit after Ty's win over Tackett as well. Yeah, but both guys, both guys are more impressive now to me than they were just a month ago when we expected the match to happen. Um, and specifically, I think the William Tackett versus Ty Rutola match was what sealed the deal for me that this was a legitimate match and not a match that might be too early or too late, right? If if we had had it a month ago, I think the sentiment of everybody coming in was that Ty is, is – is great. Ty has a lot of potential, but he's not ready for Craig Jones. Now I think this is a legitimate matchup in everybody's eyes. Um, specifically, watching the way that Ty handled a very talented, very tough William Tackett. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, we all know how game William is. Uh, you know, of course, it was on a week no, week's notice, but, uh, you know, William, one of the best out there. And, uh, you know, he's had some dominant wins on the who's number one stage as well. So to see Ty go out there and kind of do what he did to him, I, it just puts Ty kind of in a league of his own. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about superstars on, on the show. And, man, what a star Craig Jones is becoming right in front of our eyes. Um, you know, this guy's on, on the uh, the Ultimate Fighter now. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's on the Joe Rogan podcast and he's doing all these other podcasts and things like that. Um, so a lot of pressure, I think, is going to be on the shoulders here of, of Craig Jones to, to repeat the success that he's had on, on Who's Number One. 45-second uh, submission, four-minute four submission. He's looked so, so yeah. dominant out there. And so now he's going to have to go out there, repeat this success against the toughest opponent he's, he's had this year. Uh, let's not forget that, that Ty is the one who requested this match. He really thinks he can win this match. Like he told you in your interview from the last time they're supposed to fight, he wants to, br- he wants to bring him into deep waters. He thinks he has better cardio than Craig. But surviving a long time with Craig's another story. Before we get along, we haven't checked in with him in a little bit. Connor, what's going on in the chat? First off, are they behaving themselves? The chat is trying to behave themselves. I know old Steve isn't there as a uh, assistant moderator. Are you, are you all right? You need <laughs> any backup over there? No, he, he keeps coming in every once in a while just to let people know, for example, that we don't talk about belts. He's, he's reminded people. He's, he's given us uh, good stuff. But... The chat is unless they're n- gold belts. Unless they're gold belts. Okay? Yeah. That's all we do. But uh, Championship belts. That's all we care about here at the Who's Number One podcast. <laughs> all right. What, what's going on in there, Connor? Uh, they are actually, I don't think they're super convinced that Ty has that much more of a leg up. But the ones that are convinced, I believe, are because how he beat William Tackett is more important than beating William Tackett. The complete domination and the answer that he had towards the leg lock game, jumping to the back, uh, I think we've at least convinced a few people that not only is this a legit match, but this is a legit chance for Tyru Tolo to step out and stand out as a superstar. I, I don't care who you think is going to win. There's one thing you can't argue. This has potential to be one of the best matches of all time. I mean, these Absolutely. are two guys that just do not <laughs> stop attacking. This is this is going to be crazy. I cannot wait. If you, I mean, if you complain about Wagner Hanger. Tune in for this one because this one's going to be wild. <laughs> Who knows what the hell is going to happen? Like, Craig, like you said, this one li- really could be like the, one of the greatest matches on Who's Number One. Craig, Craig said in his post-match interview he's going to Darce tie. Let's see if that happened. He wasn't going to commit to a Gordon style and say that's the only submission he's going to do, but he, he's going to try and Darce tie. I, I don't think he's going to go out there and heel hook tie uh, in forty-five seconds. I, th- I think that's for sure. I think I think he's going to push him past that. Um, you know, we've seen how how the Rotolos react to heel hooks these days. You know, they've they've made that a part of their game, part of their A game. You know, we even saw. Cade attacking heel hooks on Ethan way before Ethan even tried to attack heel hooks. Um, so these guys are offensive in the heel hook positions. They know the defense. I don't think Craig's going to go out there and be able to to just tap tie real, real quick like that. And so it's going to force Craig to, to look for the triangles, for the darces, um, for, for the other chokes and things like that when that, that kind of first stage of, of offense doesn't, uh, doesn't work. I, I know we're still uh, a couple weeks away from talking about the, the betting lines here. I'm really interested to see what the over-under for 10 minutes is going to be in this mm. match because uh, Craig hasn't made it out of a five-minute match, right? Yeah. He, he's gone 30 seconds, two and a half minutes, four and a half minutes, um, and, and Ty wants to drag this into deep water. So yeah. really curious to see what, what that looks like on the on the betting How lines. far is Ty gone? I mean, he, he won a decision on the first one, which was Guy Abbey-JJ. I'm not even sure right. if we should count that in the who's number one But it was a one. decision with Nikki. Yeah, so that, that and then a decision with Nikki. That was 15 minutes, right? right? He a went 15, last 10 seconds. 15 minutes with Tackett, although he was dominant in both right. those decisions. But then he tapped Cody. So he's basically gone the distance in three yeah, out of four. He, he tapped Cody in the last 10 seconds of the match. Mm-hmm. Okay, really? So he's, he, he's gone really far. It's right. basically the opposite of Craig. So, yeah. Yeah, Who, Michael Sears. Good luck to Ace Rusty making that line. What's, <laughs> what's going on? They're doing, they're doing your job for you. They you want to see the winner of Heisem and Keenan face off with the winner of Ty versus Craig. We'll get to Heisem Keenan in a second because the co-main event of this match, of this event, might be a match I'm more excited for, arguably, than the main event. After we've seen Nogi, Mikey, Leglock, Mikey come out, <laughs> He's going against Junior Ocasio, a leg lock guy, an Ogie specialist. People are super excited about this one. I'm excited to see how it goes because, Mikey, there's a lot of ways things can go with this. Is he going to enter a little leg lock duel with Junior, knowing that Junior's so versed in that game? Is he going to try and, you know, Rutolo brother Bolo out of a leg lock entry? I mean, this one, I don't know what the hell to expect. 
Yeah, very interesting. Of course, you know, the leg lock against Lucas Pinheiro was, um, you know, textbook looks so sick. But of course, Lucas not known as a leg lock guy, not known uh, to be to be well versed in those positions. I'm sure he is. But Juni is known as a leg locker. He's, he's a guy who, who's uh, taken some a bunch of legs home this year. Um, so it'd be interesting to see is Mikey going to go and exchange exchange in that shootout. There's a lot more, um, you know, if you if you were to mess up or anything like that, Juni's going to be able to capitalize on those mistakes. Um, so very interesting to see how Mikey's going to approach this one this time around. Connor, before we get to Corey's opinion on it, ask them in the chat what they think about this one, because this is a really intriguing match. I want to know how they think this match is going to go. Corey, what are you thinking about this match? Yeah, going I have it? no idea what to do with this match, right? I mean, the, the the stats, the numbers say that Mikey is borderline unbeatable. The, the two times he's lost in a guy uh, against a guy in his weight class since 2016, he lost by like referee decision in IBJJF. Mm. So he never loses except for when it's so close, it's too close to call. Um, so I, that that being said, the the leg locks do offer a a really new challenge to this. And despite the fact that Mikey's shown that he's competent in in leg locks, Juni's been doing this for years, right? So re- really intriguing matchup. Don't know what to think of it really. I, I'm gonna have to just. Uh, sit back and watch. Just, just me seeing things behind the scenes. One of the, f- the funniest things I've ever seen in jiu-jitsu is no-gi Mikey. <laughs> Went from literally his, his, his first time and he was number one. He was drilling in the gi in the warm-up room like before the match. Just just gi all in the gi. Didn't train no-gi for the match. Hated no-gi. Now he just trains no-gi 12 hours a day. Doesn't train in the gi. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, anything with Mikey is always hilarious. Very enthusiastic guy. So, Connor, what, what's the feedback in there in the chat? How do they think this thing's going to go down? Everyone is afraid of Nogi Mikey, and everyone in the chat knows how, how dangerous he is. It's interesting. Like, what, a month ago, two months ago, we were having a conversation of how does Mikey avoid the leg lock game mm. to remain safe in Nogi, and now we're asking, how do you avoid leg locks with Mikey to remain safe? I, I think the chat's just excited to keep uh, seeing him grow. I mean, Mikey's one of these guys. He's like a Craig Jones, like one of the Rotolo brothers, where it's like, in our rules, where you have to be attacking the whole time, that's the only way you're going to win, really. I mean... That's a tough match for anybody. You got to withstand Mikey's attacks. He's pretty efficient. He's like Craig. Craig's super efficient with his attacks. You got to withstand that for 15 minutes. That's a tough task. Yeah, and he's got so many other weapons, you know, that we haven't even seen in, in the in the Nogi world. So um, I don't know. This, this is a very interesting matchup. I have to think that that Juni has the leg lock edge, uh, just because, like like Corey said, he, he's been the the one, you know, kind of pioneering this this uh, this um, style a little bit here in, in 2021. And uh, you know, so I have to think he's going to be more well versed in the intricacies of the leg locks. But we haven't seen the rest of Nogi Mikey. You know, I'm I'm sure Nogi Mikey is, is has a sick barambolo and has a sick ankle lock and has a sick back take. You Might know, have some wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming from the chat, uh, they did want to know, if you had to pair Mikey up against someone from DDS, what would be your first match make? Well, I mean, the closest in size to him. Well, I, I guess there's guys, junior members that are closer in size. Some of, the, of like the, what they call like the senior members, right? The closest in size to him is Ethan. So, I mean, that that would be the match make. Although Mikey would be giving up like 20 pounds still. But uh, yeah, him versus him versus DDS would be a tough match. But to Mikey make. versus Gordon would be would be sick too. That's the move. The absolute. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Uh, third match of the card. This is a really exciting one. Connor, can you look something up for me real quick? When was the last time Keenan uh, competed? I'm pretty sure it was on Fight to Win almost a year ago, like last summer. But Keenan Cornelius making his his return, coming back to Nogi, coming to the Who's Number One stage, and this is sort of an interesting storyline because he's going coming here to avenge his student almost in a way. Hazam Rita defeated Sloan Climber Sloan Climber on the uh, prelims last month in the post uh, fight interview asked for a match with Keenan they were on the same size Keenan's like yeah whatever let's run it so we got Keenan coming back hasn't competed in a long time I'm really interested to see how this one goes down yeah you know when uh, when when uh, Heism asked for that match I was, I was kind of thinking watching the interview like alright good luck with that I haven't seen Keenan compete in, in over a year when, I th- when I was it Connor do you got the done. answer yet yeah it, that was against Mateus Luna on Fight Twin right. 148 That's back right. in uh, 2020 well yeah, yeah we know 2020 but what month was it uh, I don't have that give me one second okay. I got you right, go I, I think that was August but, uh, but his last his last Nogi uh, Nogi match was Nogi Pans 2019 oh yeah, yeah right before ADCC right yeah, yeah, yeah. right because he, oh, he, yeah. he got sick before uh, yeah, yeah. before ADCC uh, but, but when Heism for the match, I thought like long shot. You know, I, I don't think we'll we'll probably see Keenan Nogi again for a very long time. Um, and Keenan stepped up, and I think we all got exactly what we wanted because uh, a, a jujitsu world without Keenan Cornelius is a sad jujitsu world. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, go ahead, Connor. It was July. Just adds up. July of 2020. About that. What ten months ago? 
Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I mean, last last uh, match that Heisem had, you know, Heisem's a, a, a specimen, man. Dude's huge. He's jacked. He looks like he's gonna. He looks uh, you know, like he's gonna go out there and, and murder fools. Uh, so to see him go out there and and put on a good performance against Sloan, and then he went up and, and shook Keenan's hand after, you know, as, as they do, because Keenan was in Sloan's corner. It was like, oh man, Heisem looks huge all the time. <laughs> but then him standing next to Keenan, I was like, oh, those guys are kind of like the same size. That would be an interesting matchup. So crazy that it happened so quick. It, uh, came to came to fruition like it did shout out to, to the matchmaker hollywood mike for putting that one together so so quick um crazy match heisem you know big dude he's young he's uh he's cutting his teeth on the who's number one stage out there so this would be a huge win to take out a legend a fan favorite like keenan could could really set um heisem up uh you know for for a bright bright future people always sleep on keenan's nogi because he's because of the whole worm guard thing and the lapel stuff that's made him famous i mean He's he's a Nogi World Champ at Black Belt. He's like I think a four time medalist at ADCC. I think he got three in the weight and one in the uh, absolute in the absolute. Right. If I'm right, like mm-hmm. Keenan so. is super accomplished. Like, like he said before on, on interviews, he's more accomplished Nogi than he is in the gi. So having Keenan come back uh, for a Nogi match is super super interesting. Always an exciting guy. Another guy always going for the submission. Connor, what are they saying about Keenan coming back? What are people thinking about this? The chat is split. Uh, I think people are leaning on Heisen's recent IBJJF like. Nogi Pans, I believe he. What do you, what do you mean they're split? It. Like half the people think that Heisman's going to win it. The, so far, we're, that, that's we're, really surprising to me. I would have thought Keenan would be a heavy favorite here. Yeah, I think uh, I think they were talking about Rita's size and how just dangerous someone that big and that technical can be. Uh, but I'll let you guys know whenever the chat uh, keeps tuning in. You know, one thing I, I really like the idea of in this match is we've seen how good uh, uh, Heisman Rita's. No gi judo is right. I mean, he throws people all over the place, and it's. I mean, he's six foot four, right? The velocity is insane. Um, Keenan has been playing a lot with his judo. He he doesn't typically prefer wrestling. I don't know if he'll he, he may pull guard right off the bat, but if not, would love to see a, a just some some old school judo. You're scaring me. You're scaring me right now. <laughs> we don't need another Vag- Wagner versus Hanger, and especially after Heisman's last match, wasn't really a barn burner versus Sloan. Let's hope this thing gets to the ground ASAP. Or at Keenan, least if they're going to some of your nogi judo or wrestling, <laughs> somebody hit something quick yeah. because we can't have another 15 minutes. But with Keenan, I don't think that'll happen. I think even if Keenan wrestles with him or whatever, he'll end up sitting in a minute. Mm. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited this one. Uh, Reed, how do you think this thing goes down? Man, crazy, crazy to, to think about. It's, we haven't seen Keenan out there in a while, but like you said, man, this guy Keenan has a uh, big, big submission wins over over a lot of guys. I mean, he submitted uh, Kynan at at ADCC. I remember off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he submitted. Craig, I think. Um, so, so definitely, I think Keenan has to be the favorite here. But, uh, but like, like we were saying, Heisem's young. Heisem's hungry. You know, he's in the U.S. now. He, he, he's, uh, he's putting things together. I think. So, I think Heisem was going to come out and come hot at, at Keenan. I think that's what he's got to do. He's, he's got to overwhelm Keenan, um, kind of right in the beginning. You know. He, Nobody is more is scarier than Nicholas Marigali. I don't think I don't think Keenan is going to get scared by competing against it. If you didn't get scared against against Nicholas Marigali or anything like that, or scared's a dumb word, but but you know what I mean. Um, Nicholas Marigali is one of the most frightening guys to compete against. I don't think Keenan's going to have any problem with this height or the size of of Heisem. I think we'll see a different Heisem this time around. I don't think he'll be as conservative. Uh, we see a lot uh, every now and then with these guys on the prelims. You know, they they they've never been under these type of lights before. Yeah, like they, they, we hear it from them. Really, they're like, man, my my Instagram has never been going so crazy. Like, like the media, they they they've never like felt anything like this before. And, and I th- I think knowing that there's this many viewers on them gets to these up and comers sometimes, and they sort of go out there and they're a little bit more conservative than we would like. But I think Heisen's going to come out here. He's going to want to put on a show this time against Keenan. And I think with Keenan, it's sort of impossible to not put on a show because Keenan's going to come after you. And yeah. I think Ben Keenan. It's been a while since we've seen Keenan out there on the stage. We don't know how, how you know he's, he's of course working at Legion and he's building his team. We don't know exactly how much he's been dedicating to, to training and things like that. So I think Heisen's got to come out and he's got to put the pressure. He's got to put the pace on Keenan um, right off the gate here to kind of really test how much how serious is this, is he taking it these days? They have the chat has spoken. The wisdom of the chat says Keenan by heel hook. That's the call. Wouldn't be surprised. That's a good prediction. Keenan yeah. hit some heel hooks before. Yeah. All right. Going forward on the card, I think next in the lineup would be probably Rafaela versus Aaron Harp out of the matches that we've announced. I mean, Rafaela Geddes looked super dominant in her in her who's number one performance. Uh, she went out there, submitted Maggie Grandotti, and, and just a great match. Super exciting. And Aaron Harp, as uh, the only time I've seen her was versus Maggie on Fight to Win, right? That was Fight to Win. Uh, 
I don't know if she tapped her, but she was very, uh, very dominant. Now, was it against Maggie? It was against Maggie. Well, it, was, it was a decision, but it was very it was, convincing. Yeah, so I mean, she did subversive, I believe, um, one one year or one uh, one tournament, and uh, looked really dominant in that one as well. Rafael is a girl who's just racking everybody around her size these days, so it's hard to find somebody that's going to push her. So having some new blood here in Aaron, I think Aaron fights MMA and stuff. Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting match. I'm excited to see how this one goes. If Aaron can challenge Rafaela, Rafaela, I mean, just like we keep we keep on hammering at home, we're going to say it every single time. This is why Rafaela's on this thing. She's always trying to submit people. She puts on a good show. We want a match that's going to be exciting, that's going to grow the sport, that we can throw on YouTube, and that people are going to watch it and be like, damn, this jiu-jitsu shit's cool. Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, Aaron is equally gritty. The one thing that we always say about, about Rafaela is she is just kind of hard-nosed. She's willing to work for 15 minutes and really put the pace on somebody. But from what we've seen from Aaron, she has a very similar style, so it's going to be combative. Um, and I think, it, you know, if we talk about some takedown battles that are not exactly exciting to watch this is not going to be one of them even if they spend some time standing they're going to both try and take it to the mat and they're both going to work hard on the feet on the ground trying to finish each other so it's it's the kind of uh tenacity that we like to see from from both competitors yeah more more new generation girls these these are girls who are you know kind of on, on the come up cutting their teeth and these girls both you know whoever wins here are going to be a big big star yeah, Rafael been a black belt less than a year, so let's let's keep moving along. We've we've been going for a while already. We still got some more matches to talk about. What's another one that we've? Uh, don't let me forget any of these that are on the list. Uh, Wiltsy versus Gabriel Almeida. We mm. we announced right. Andrew Wiltsy. I mean, a few people messaged me and said, "Hey, why why he just lost to Nikki Ryan? Why is he going against uh, Andrew Wiltsy?" This one was booked before the Nikki match. It was. Uh, Nicky needed an opponent on short notice. We know Gabriel is easy to work with, so we gave him back-to-back months. Andrew Wiltsey is 2-0 now on who's number one. He had he won a decision against P.J. Barch, and then he went out and submitted uh, David Garmo. Uh, he's going up against Gabriel Almeida, who's going to be you know coming off a loss. He's going to be very hungry. He's going to go, go out there and get that W. I mean, Andrew Wiltsey, you guys know about the Daisy Fresh series. He eats crystals. He's a wizard, all that <laughs> stuff, orange chicken. Everybody's excited. Uh, I mean, any, anytime Andrew's on the card, it's exciting. Yeah, uh, and speaking of, of Andrew's uh, submission over David Garmo, uh, Gabriel Almeida had one of the coolest submissions I've se- I saw last year. I think in Nogi American Nationals uh, against Garmo in the final. Uh, it was like this this weird chocoplata, like it was almost like a reverse omoplata into a choke. Um, really, really nasty. So that they have a couple of similar opponents. I'm sure they, that uh, Garmo's not the only one, um, but. I think it'll be an interesting match, kind of a uh, match, kind of a clash, clash of styles. Um, I, I don't think that we will see the same Gabriel Almeida we saw against Nicky Ryan. Yeah, this is a great match for for Andrew here. You know, it, it is definitely a step up in competition. I think for, from Garmo. Um, you know, Gabriel Almeida is a guy who's a ADCC trials winner, ADCC veteran. These are things that Andrew was trying to accomplish. Uh, Gabriel's kind of already been there, so this is, uh, I think, the exact perfect perfect matchup for a guy like Andrew Wiltsey to seek to see exactly where he is at. Uh, uh, Gabriel's proven that that he can hang with anybody pretty much in the in the black belt ranks. Um, you know, so this is this is a great matchup, I think, for both these guys. Both these guys, you know, whoever wins here could really break out. I'll tell you what I want to see out of Andrew here. It's no secret he's an old friend of mine. We compete against each other at White Belt, train together a whole bunch of times. I mean, I produced the Daisy Fresh thing. I want to see, when I was saying I'm scared of wrestling with the other matches, I want to see Andrew come out and wrestle here because as a friend of his and as somebody who wants to see him progress, he's gotten too comfortable in these like IBJJF tournaments at Nogi Pans, just pulling guard and letting guys, you know, dance around, step in, step out, circling his feet. We got to see Andrew wrestle. He's a great wrestler. We got to see him wrestle and get on top, see some buzzsaw passing mm-hmm. at him. We got to see some excitement out of him in this one. I don't want to see him playing too much guard off his back. I want to see Andrew go out there, wrestle somebody, or let them pull because he's got great passing. That mm. buzzsaw passing is relentless. He's so aggressive yeah. on his feet. He really is. Takedowns or passing, you're, you're totally right. So I definitely want to see some of that aggression. Connor, what are they, what are they saying about uh, our resident wizard, Andrew Wiltsey, in there? They're actually super excited to see it, and I think because everyone's gunning for the Andrew Wiltsey versus Nikki Ryan match. They're they're in the chat asking for it, and I think this is the path towards that. If he can get past Gabriel Almeida, we can actually see how they stack up against each other, especially like Nikki Ryan's passing versus Andrew Wiltsey's passing. There's so many goddamn exciting matchups around 185. It's just crazy. That's why yeah. I can't wait for this 185 division in September. we got a meeting this week. We're going to finalize those divisions and start to roll. I can't wait. Uh what else have we announced on this thing? Uh, Daniel we, Kelly and uh, uh, a prelim. Jesse Crane. So, we, out of what we what we've announced so far, are any of them prelims? 
Jessa and, and I think Danielle. we're announcing one more prelim tonight and one more prelim tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so this is the only prelim that's been announced, free on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, this is going to probably have major seating implications mm-hmm. in the women's 115 division in September. Uh, Danielle Kelly and Jessica Crane. Jessica Crane is, I think, 1-0 and on who's number one. She beat Lauren Sears. Uh, right. Danielle Kelly's 0-1, lost to Jessica Kahn. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, you know, there's the big three going on in that division. There's some, you know, credentialed girls, some veterans. These girls are, are probably going to have a tough draw anyway. It goes first round, but this will have some seating implications for sure. Really should have some rankings implications, too. I Jesse Crane is currently seven. She just beat number six, Lauren Sears, and Danielle Kelly is number five right now. So I don't know if that's changing. Anytime yeah, yeah, soon, it's, but... uh, it's, uh, I, I'm just being lazy. I, yeah, I've yeah, got but... it in my sheet. I'll update it tonight. That those those move up, but I mean, I think they're like right next to each other. Yeah, but... n- nonetheless, yeah. Th- this match is going to have some rankings on the line either way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were, we were talking about this this weight class being stacked with talent, being one of the most exciting uh, divisions in jiu-jitsu at the moment, and 100%, both these girls represent that 115-pound weight class super, super well. Danielle didn't have a great performance. I think even she was disappointed in her performance last time versus Jessa, so I think this time around she's going to be hungry to come out, correct correct the wrong that she had last time, and uh, you know put together a great performance. Uh, Jessie looked phenomenal, though, uh, against her. Um, or against uh, Lauren Sears, the last one. So perfect matchup but for these both both these girls. Jessica Crane is one of these. Uh, she's sort of in the situation like we were talking about with Cole Abate where she's a, people are like, oh, I don't want to super fight with her. She's just a brown belt or whatever. But it's like she's on that level. I think she could be top five in the world right now in Nogi at that, at that division. And she's just got to prove herself, you know, go out there in September and, you know, maybe knock somebody off. But I think she'll be top five, top four, maybe, maybe contending with those girls, with that big three in this division in that long. Yeah, I think she's sorry, Corey. Go ahead. Look at her performance at Nogi Pans, right? Her her first match, she came out, she won, I think, like twenty three to nothing. Wow! Right, and I then, think it was like thirty two or something. It, it, more ridiculous. it was yeah. a high score. And then in her second match, she actually ended up in a little bit of armbar trouble. Um, hung out there, got out of the armbar, and ended up racking up like 14 points it didn't get scored on despite the fact that she was trapped in an arm bar and then racked up 14 to nothing i mean D- danielle kelly wasn't satisfied with her performance last time i think she said she was injured or something she didn't like say that publicly but she wasn't she wasn't satisfied with her training camp uh did she come in on late notice i can't remember i think she might have come in on late notice even was, did she come in for grace no the uh the great oh no jessa pulled out versus right. great yeah no, i think right. I, I think we just made that one but uh yeah I, she wasn't satisfied with her performance last time she's going to be wanting to put on a show this time I mean, just like we said, a lot of time these these up and comers their second time on the show they look a little bit better for. It. So this one is one I really don't know what the hell to expect. It's going to be the first match of the night. It's going to be a fun way to kick things off. We got another prelim coming tonight, another prelim coming tomorrow, and then a really out of left field crazy announcement coming tomorrow that you guys are going to be, be like, what the hell are you guys even doing? So <laughs> I'm looking forward to this, Connor. Before we get out of here, what's going on in YouTube chat? We got a 50-50 split on that last one, Crane versus Kelly. No one can really tell what's happening, but the YouTube chat should stay tuned. We're dropping. Another Another uh, prelim match later today, one tomorrow later in the afternoon, and a really surprising one that you cannot guess uh, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. All kinds of crazy shit going on. We're going to be throwing money around, putting belts on people. It's going to be a fun who's rest number, of the year. Who's number one's taking over the world, baby? World domination. World domination. <laughs> it's the name of the game. I mean, it's going to be a fun rest of the year, and 2022 is going to be even crazier. Look